Hey everybody, in this episode of the X-Files After Show, we're breaking down Season 11, Episode 2, This. Take a close look around. Is everything looking fuzzy? Are things not fully rendered? Could you be in a simulation? Could we be in a simulation? Are we just a simulation? We'll find out next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Could you think of any other musical choice that we could play for this episode of the X-Files After Show? This is the Ramones, of course, from California Sun. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the X-Files After Show, where we'll be breaking down every episode of Season 11, airing on Fox, Wednesday nights. It's Man, to be staying there, be able to say that sentence in 2018. Pretty cool. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. I am the life model decoy of Lex Michael, and you can find me in this chair this week and all of our social media at TheLexMichael. I am uh, Jim Fry. I'm the managing editor of TheConGuy.com. It's a website all about fandoms and Comic-Cons, and you can find me at Jim. And, of course, the fourth member of our panel, Lucretia Lyons. She is on assignment in Las Vegas. She's consuming. She's expoing. Uh, she's electronicing all that stuff over there at CES. So if you happen to be in Vegas or you're hiding over there this week, go out and uh, search out for Lucretia Lyons. She'll be on the floor. And if you happen to get a weird staticky message from Lucretia Lyon on your phone, she's dead. That's true. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, we're it's just it. the lights are going to go out. That's all it's going to happen. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's what... We're making a trip. How ironic. These guys to help her out. Yeah. Uh, so look at this. So we're back with episode two. Uh, I would think even before we break down the episode further, just general impressions, I will say, at least for me, a, a, a drastic turnaround from last week's season premiere. Yeah, like, Jim, I don't know about you, but I the feeling I had when this episode ended was, this is exactly how I want an X-Files revival to feel. Mm-hmm. This, this one made sense. I mean, this one felt... I was I was reading somebody else saying that this one felt like it wasn't just here just for nostalgic sake. It was here because it was telling a fresh story, a new story, and it was like moving things forward. It, it really was a great X Files episode. I loved it. And what was cool is for a for an episode that's ostensibly a one off, there were a lot of little mythology threads that they wove through it. Both mm-hmm. things that we introduced last week, and also a couple of really nice specific references to seasons past. Like I obviously the lone gunman figure prominently into the backstory of this episode, and I liked little nods to the fact that in season 9 when they sacrificed themselves Mulder wasn't around for yeah. example and I like that they shout that mm-hmm. out and we learn uh, Deep Throat's real name which is very cool some nice nods to uh, for X-Files lore uh, throughout the past uh, it was uh, some show was, uh, it was a big charge uh, yeah speaking of charge though it's Michael there's a new program coming out next week. It's true. On a, on a sister, on a different network, on the CW, but just because it's on a different network, we cover all networks. We cover all different varieties of shows. There's a new show coming your way, though, folks. If you love science fiction, you love superheroes, Lex Michael, what is this show? Yeah, well, you know, speaking of science fiction and superheroes, if you watch After Buzz TV, you know Frank Moran and myself are on the Legends of Tomorrow panel, and we pop up occasionally talking about these other DCCW shows like Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, and there is a new show that is joining that block that I think we're all pretty excited about, mm-hmm. Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. On January 16th, when the CW's newest superhero suits up, lightning's gonna strike. Don't miss the electrifying new series, Black Lightning. Black Lightning, a.k.a. Jefferson Pierce, had previously powered down his crime-fighting career and for the last nine years had been saving lives the best way he knew how, as principal of the local high school. But in this city, when the hero's away, the gangs will play. And this dude's a family man, so when his people get caught in the crosshairs, it's time to take charge. 
Now the former hero is back in full force for a second round against corruption and violence because lightning does strike twice. It's dark days for the city of Freeland, but the storm is coming when Black, Black Lightning brings his power to the people. Not only will the series Black Lightning spark you up, but also the soundtrack is full of slamming hip-hop cuts like songs by Rome Fortune and old-school hits from blues singer Nina Simone, Bobby Bland, and the great Isaac Hayes. On January 16th, the world will know Black Lightning. Series premiere after The Flash, only on The CW. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the chef, uh, the series. Mm-hmm. I, Black Lightning's always been a character I've had a soft spots for, so I'm excited to see him on the television. I'm very hyped about it. I suspect that if it is kept separate from the rest of the Arrowverse, that will not be a permanent arrangement, or at least I hope not. I would agree. I mean, I, I would it would be weird to have. Uh, a standalone superhero series on the CW. And in a world where Supergirl was on a different network right. and is Very now true. fully under that same umbrella, I feel like there's, they got it. It's like we're going to wade into the pool before maybe in the next crossover jumping into the deep end and bringing that entire pocket over into the bigger world. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. It's, it's kind of a cool uh, premise, too. Uh, a, a used to be superhero. It feels a little bit like Incredibles. You know? Yes. Used yeah. to be superheroes and they kind of retired, but he's got to come back because, you know, the, things are things are awry, and I just think it's it's kind of it just feels really neat. Yeah, yeah. and the, uh, the way they do the electricity when he's like at, at night, where the costume kind of glows, is a nice little yeah. touch. Excited about that, but folks, as much as we're excited about uh, Black Lightning, <laughs> we're here to talk about the coolness of this episode of the X Files. Yeah. This, so it starts off with the nice as we play the Ramones, California Sun. Uh, we do see uh, Fox and Scully. Or I just I don't know why I'm using his Fox Mulder and Scully. Why am I saying Fox? Because uh, I feel so close to the yeah. character. You know, I can call him Fox. He's on a first name basis. That's right, yeah. Dad Boy yeah. Fox, hanging out at, at his house as we see some gunmen coming up to uh, take out a hit on these. So folks. like right right out of the gate, this shootout. How cool was this shootout? It's oh. it's it's pretty cool. I, I'd love to see Scully sliding under the table. Right. The table goes down. It feels so much like something like J.J. Abrams would, would yes. film. You know, it felt really good. I felt it was cool to see this episode, just in terms of some of the action sequences mm-hmm. with uh, Mulder and Scully. That I feel like we never really got to see them like looking as dynamic as they did in the uh, in the original run of the show. Yeah, and it, we we talked a little bit about uh, aesthetically how they're very much doing uh, now 21st century television aesthetics, like the 24 uh, comparison that we made, and this feels very much keeping in that style. You didn't necessarily see action this frenetic and dynamic on the original run of the show. It was still frenetic, yeah. It really was. Yeah. Going from here to here to here to here. And it felt so smooth. The sense of geography was clear. Mm -hmm. And like, it's nuts to see how well they can both still Handle themselves physically. True. Like, what, like there were some a uh, couple of fight sequences, like on the stairs, where Mulder was holding his own for a little yeah. bit. I was like, man, I just I'm not used to thinking of Mulder, but as like kind of more of a, an action guy. But he's a trained FBI agent. He would be trained in these matters. But I don't just that's not I know my first go to when I think of Mulder and Scully. Yeah, and we've seen them. We've seen them have to get a little bit physical in the past. But I can't recall right not off like the top this. of my head. Yeah, like this is a full on. This felt a little bit like almost taken. Especially you know what I mean? Scully. Especially Scully with that slide and hitting the table and shooting around the table. I mean, they've turned her into an action hero a little bit. Maybe it's because they've been in wherever they've been for the last 17 years, you know, hiding out and, and you know, whoever's been after them. But um, this was great. And uh, I lo- even though it was still, like, pretty frenetic and very 24-ish, they still went back to the original series feel when they, they 
got away and went out into the woods and the <clears> fog, and it felt yeah. old school X Files yes, at that point, which absolutely. I love. Absolutely. Now, of course, we're talking about this, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you folks also have a chance to chime in with your thoughts as well. We do have the chat up and running, so feel free to hop in and share your thoughts, as many of you already are, about this episode or just the X Files in general. Uh, while, you do, while you're doing that, though, you can also like us on Facebook and uh, give us those five stars on iTunes, and feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Yeah, so, uh, of course, they knock out two of the three gunmen that are getting them. Uh, one, uh, which we've talked a little bit the before three the gunmen, started, The yes. three long gunmen that were coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one uh, gets away, who's, uh, yeah, we're very intrigued by, because he, he's, he's got a look. A very distinct, mute hitman slash assassin, which is yeah. a, a running trope of X-Files going back to the very beginning. This yes. guy's very, very distinct looking with the long, like, the silvery hair. Look at the Who's that? that is it Dog the Body Hunter? Didn't he look a little bit like that? <laughs> he kind of looked like that a little bit. But the thing that kicks us all off is that uh, Mulder's uh, cell phone goes off. We've got Langley from The Lone Gunman, who died uh, 15, 16 years ago. So, okay, oh. so, uh, I, as much as I love this episode, I'm, there are a couple of things that I'm having trouble connecting dots on, a few okay. things that maybe don't fully line up for me, and a lot of it uh, is, I think, nitpicky stuff. Yeah. Uh, early on in the episode, Mulder makes the comment about how Langley's been dead for 16 years. And then later in the episode, when they go talk to Karan Hamby, she says that Langley and she were approached for this project 15 years ago. Yes. Now, of course, you could chalk that up to they're both just making a rough estimate. I don't know that it's necessarily an error, but it's something that I... I puzzled at i went wait a second was that intentional was that an oversight but did you guys were, are you familiar with the the comic book series that they came out with yes they did a, a retcon in the comics right yeah i mean in the comics they they died the, the lone gunman died in the episode but they apparently they were hiding out and living in a secret base underneath their the gravestones in um the cemetery there that's it's right written by chris carter yes so he i remember to, yeah i remember reading some of that several years ago i wasn't sure whether or not that was still canon well, you never can tell. Right. I guess it's tough when you figure like comic book uh, adapt- or continuations of a series, even though it's written by. I mean, I guess I guess like with the Buffy and the Angel, right. Overseen by Joss Whedon, so he considers it, you know, just a continuation of the original premise. Mm-hmm. But it's wonderful. Yeah, I'd be curious to see does Chris Carter kind of view it as such. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, from the very beginning, uh, I, two things. One, I really enjoy, uh, for sentimental reasons, obviously, that Mulder still has a framed photo of the lone gunman in his <laughs> home. I enjoy even more that it's very clearly a publicity photo from the lone gunman <laughs> spinoff series. Did you guys catch? Uh, and the, I had the, the fourth face, the little face. Yeah. So, do you guys know what that little face is? Yeah. So, okay. So, fact, v- vaguely, I do. Okay, so what is your understanding of My it? My understanding is that a couple years ago, I was reading about it in Vice, that um, there was a meme going around about people thought they were having dreams. Yes. And this guy, this vision, this this picture that was in the Lone Gunman's picture last night was showing up in everybody's dreams across the country. It was a big hoax, supposedly. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, a big hoax. You never know. But that's what I understand is a little bit, It was, which was... So great that they had it in the picture yeah. just briefly last night. That was my understanding of it, too. It was just like a meme of a pretty a weird... I mean, you can see if you zoom in, but also if you search... I think you can Google search, like, mm-hmm. have you dreamed this man? Yeah, yeah. And you'll be taken to a photo <laughs> of this guy. It's very odd features that a bunch of people... Now, okay, were these people real people, or were they uh, completely fabricating these From accounts? From what I understand, it, it came back to somebody who was a sociologist was com- trying to create some kind of sensation of, like, groupthink or... S- I don't fully. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to look more into it. I was just reading it like earlier today. I was like, "What? I've yeah. ne- I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it. I never dreamed it. 
No, de- <laughs> definitely not. Um, but so it's in- so of course because the internet is the internet. Yep. People immediately start going down rabbit holes about yeah, like, yeah. what could this mean? Does that mean this is all a dream? Does that what? what may- maybe all of season ten was a dream. What reality are we in right now? And I'm like, guys, relax. Everybody, everybody, just take a deep breath, yeah. real quick. Um, just but I, part of season ten was a dream. But I like. Oh, there. See, uh, uh, Steve there just pulled this up. This guy ever dream this man? That's him. <laughs> and so yeah, that's the fourth face in the framed lone gunman photo. <laughs> I don't feel I've ever dreamed that, man. I can feel like I can say Regardless, that. so clever. So yeah. cl- I mean, yes. th- I like those little bitty details like that and that gets everybody running down the rabbit holes because, you know, X-Files it was kind of, it came of age right at the beginning of the cusp of the internet age. Yeah. But now that we're fully in it, this is ripe for people running around with it. I love it. The uh, it is interesting though with the lone gunman. I feel like uh, I I enjoyed them on the X Files on the original run, and uh, you know for the most part I enjoyed the, their little standalone series as well. But I they decided too. to kill him off in season nine. Lame. I thought that was very lame, lame and I feel like that that is something that I, I can't imagine the creators and Glenn Morgan, James Wan, Chris Carter they re- regret now. But it's one of those things like they could have easily you... brought him back. There yep. was no okay. That's my one pet peeve with this episode. I I love the episode for what it is, and I, but. Why couldn't they brought him back? What we never saw them really die. They were just in the room, and it got all you know. We, we assumed that they died, and even like Skinner and and uh, Scully last night were discussing. Well, we never saw the bodies, right? You know, so why they maybe they have they we briefly saw them last last season on the the, oh, on the, the mushroom the, trip, the mushroom At trip, the, dream the weird, like the cowboy bar. And I was I was getting stoked when they were advertising. I was like, oh, the lone. I loved the lone. Those are great they were my characters. favorite parts of the the the, the series, and I, the fact that Langley was back was very cool. And I'll take what I can get, but I wish they would have found a way to, you know, they could have written around it. I wish it, I wish he was back. The the interesting though too is like I feel like even when they were killed off, I don't think everybody was thrilled by that choice no. even at the time. No, definitely not. But I also feel like it's tough now because if you were to. Tell Chris Carter, like, hey, don't kill these guys off because 15 years from now, you're going to be bringing the show back. Right. And maybe he'd second guess it, like, oh, okay. But uh, I feel like, do you want to tell creators that are working on shows now, like, hey, don't make any big choices towards the end of your series run because you never know. Mm-hmm. You could get brought back in 15 years and you may regret some of the decisions you're For making. For me, right what, I, what I really bumped up against wasn't necessarily that they killed the lone gunman. It was the way they killed the lone gunman after them being uh, relatively off the table on the X-Files yep. for a little bit. They brought him back. And there was there were plenty of people online have made comments to the effect of it almost felt like Chris Carter was trying to spite people for not watching the Lone Gunman spinoff. I cannot speak to whether or not there is any truth to that. Uh, but for me, it was it was the way that what I felt to be a, a relatively underwhelming exit for them. Can we co- stop with the killing our heroes already? Luke, Han, <laughs> the Lone Gunman. I'm tired of it. <laughs> oh. But they could live forever in this simulation. That's true. Which is kind of cool. It's ter- it is cool, but it's terrifying. Matrix Four. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like, as far as we know, it's only Langley inside the simulation. The other two uh, did not. So uh, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure he's project on that real quick, guys. Um, wasn't it Ringo that uh, Scully called out towards the end? Yes, it was. The key? But yeah. that's that's uh, that's Langley. Langley. Yeah. Oh, got it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> although although Ringo Frohickey has a nice ring that's to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, but even jumping back even a little <laughs> bit further than that, um, I wanted to hit really quick the uh, the title hit at the end of the, the yes. opening titles. The uh, In the place of the truth is out there, this week it was accuse your enemies of that which you are guilty. Uh, I What the heck is that? Well, so, so did you guys necessarily tie that into this episode specifically or the events of this episode? I did not, but of course it felt like it felt like a subtweet 
uh, to our current political statement. Yeah, (laughs) it felt felt like a big, broad subtweet to the entire thing. Um, And it's I mean, this episode was full of acknowledgments Mm -hmm. of the world as it exists today and what the FBI's place in it would be and is and what the X-Files place in it would potentially be. And I think in my opinion, I think they did a better job weaving a lot of those elements through this episode than maybe they did last week. But the thing is, like, I'm not sure I'm going to love trying to tie it so closely. That makes it less timeless for me. I I loved the 90s. I don't remember him doing that so much in the 90s. Like, I mean, you would see the picture of the president on the wall, but that was about it. You know, and it was this, the X-Files was an off the radar, but now they're making, they're elevating it to, I mean, if this becomes that the world is ending because Trump ordered the end of the world, I don't think I'm going to be happy with it. I don't think I am either. (laughs) I don't, if we're all still here in 15 years, I don't want to revisit this season of X-Files and constantly be reminded of this terrible, terrible time. It does feel like it's easy, I mean, that you see those nods like we did last week because it's a mythology episode and you're seeing characters like the cigarette Sulky man who's had such a uh, alleged touch with guys, history do you guys remember that moment in the second movie where they're called back to the fbi and they're standing in the hallway and there's this they're, they're framed uh, looking at the wall and between them is the presidential photo of george w bush and they look at each other and then there's that little yeah on the soundtrack i don't really have too much to say about that i just i need you all to share the burden of remembering Remembering that happened. <laughs> well, there is a, a, a sense of just the passage of time and what that what society has changed, like from the original airing of the show to what it is now. Mm-hmm. I, I did like that Mulder's line about like, well, it's about time the bureau found out what it's like to feel a little spooky. Yeah, or even when I did like that. Yeah, as they're sitting in their deep uh, deep throat's grave and just saying like, you know, back when he, uh, deep throat got killed back in the, uh, the the late nineties, like we thought it couldn't get any worse. Mm-hmm. And that seems like everything we feared has come to pass. Yeah. Also, uh, Ronald Pakula. Yeah. The real the real name of Deep Throat. There was some moment, the first moment where he's like, I, I never knew his name until now. Immediately I thought, how how do you know this is his name? How do you name? know that's him? Right. <laughs> so yeah. then he says, he says, by way of explanation, I watched that funeral oh, from, from a thousand yards over there with binoculars, and I was like, okay. And then I went. Oh wait, I thought he was talking about the Lone Gunman funeral. No, I thought he was talking about Deep Throat's funeral. Oh, no, it was yeah, it was Deep Throat's funeral. He Deep never funeral, yeah. he never visited out of respect. But then I went. All of these headstones look identical, right? How do you know that it was exactly this headstone? I would That's be very pressed. impressive. Yeah, after you know, like uh, over uh, almost twenty years, like to remember, like yep, it was that exact headstone, and I can remember. From my vantage point all the way over there that I'm standing right in front of the one that I would have been looking at. I will say, though, I love it all throughout this episode, but I really started to feel it in their banter in the scene, Mulder and Scully's, the way that they're functioning as a unit and mm-hmm. their chemistry. And it feels so much more this week than last week yeah. to me. Like, these are people that have been partners for decades. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, it felt their banter just felt so snappy and so natural and so comfortable. Yeah, just even like the bit at the top where they're uh, when uh, you want to taint the evidence and uh, you said taint. Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we needed out of that. Uh, to step back with uh, our, our deep throat reveal of Ronald Paluka, uh, Pakula. It's also a nod to Alan J. Pakula from like all the presidents. Yes, Parallax View. So I thought that was a nice little touch. There are a couple of fun nods on the headstones in that, mm-hmm. much like last season uh, in Mulder and Scully meet the Were Monster when we were in a 
a cemetery. A couple of fun names. Like, I think Kim Manners had a headstone mm-hmm. in that scene. Um, a couple of nice nods on these headstones. And they're, you know, people that have worked with or around uh, X-Files personnel. One of the headstones, and I forget the name. It's like George something Rivers. George Donald Rivers, I believe. People are having a hard time sourcing that name. And the speculation is it's a reference to a character from an old episode of Outer Limits. Oh, huh. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, going back to uh, the banter, though, I have to. Be, I, what I really enjoyed about it too is because I felt like sometimes even like last season as well too that when Scully and Mulder aren't on the same page, I get a little tiresome of like just like the butting heads a lot. Yeah. I feel like it was nice in this episode to see them on the same page. Uh, still have their own separate points of view, but it, it, it was very complimentary and not antagonistic. Right. So, and in the same room. Yeah. 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 Together no instead of apart and somebody's come save the other person. You know, I yes. like them doing things together. Yes. And like the, the familiarity and like that's how you get moments yeah. like how do you operate so well in handcuffs? Like you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like you don't. Yeah, that was awesome. That was, that was, so, that was so great. <laughs> uh, so, of course, uh, we are led on a, on a big chase. Uh, mm-hmm. the, finding Langley on the phone. Opens up a whole uh, Pandora's chest of uh, Pandora's box, I should say, of things. We've got a uh, Russian uh, private firm that has been uh, comes out to, and doesn't ask nicely uh, for right, right. Fox and Scu- uh, for Bulder and Scully to, to come out. Well, and the guy that's leading this hit squad, uh, very very Russian. Um, there's that line pretty early on when he's talking to them from outside about the the body cams line. He's which again felt like a really big uh, uh, subtweet to the entire uh, government as it exists. Where he's taught, he's got the line about uh, you know my men are wearing body cams. You know how that tends to go for the people who aren't. Yeah, or even this way, identify yourself. And you, that, that's not the way the world works anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, all right, sure. Like, like we are dealing with again. Like if you really scrutinize every plot detail from this episode, I'm not sure how much sense it all makes. But I enjoy very much that we're playing with these ideas that now like a Russian private security uh, cell has uh from the executive branch has essentially this this contract that is high level enough that the FBI essentially has no jurisdiction over what they do. True. And I mean given like what we see a little later in the episode when Skinner tries to get everything resolved for uh Mulder and Scully, he's like, yeah, well the FBI is not really in a in good standing with yes. the White House. But and to think now you have to think like, all right, you gotta imagine that Trump is president here. He's the one that's Well but the thing is Which that, is so weird. But is he? Because um when Last season, when it ended, it was 2016, wasn't it? Like, w- from what I was reading, like, this season is basically two years after that. Oh, that's, two years later. Yeah, that's true. So if it was happening pretty much instantaneously. Oh. So it was the previous president. Oh, yeah. So, so like, the whatever we're watching started in the previous administration. Or whatever fictional, fictional administration is going on. Because they've never... Well, the, yeah, they have. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I was reading today. I was trying to figure out the timeline. Right. And, like, for the stuff that we're seeing right now, it actually started a couple years ago for it to actually – if you talk, if you listen to the plans that the cigarette smoking man's talking about and these other – these have been going on for years now. Right. So it's, it's like – that's why I think let's, – let's detach it from any one person. And it's the, there's an organization. There's something else that is running. It can't be run out of the, the executive branch. That just – to me, that ruins it. And what happens if, you, you know, you get an election and then – 
oh, we're going to stop it. Oh, wait, we're, I don't know. That just kind of complicates it for me. My, my hope is that's as far as they take it. If yeah. they make a couple more references that are that are of that type without necessarily tipping mm-hmm. who the president is, I will be able to accept like a handful of years from now that, okay, well, whoever the president happens to be in X-Files land did we, is mad at the FBI. Did we see week. a picture of the previous administration on the wall during the two years ago when X-Files was on? I don't know. But although in last week's episode, we did see Trump from his election. Yes, him and his immediately like a, after yeah. in, in the the forward talk at the beginning when they were trying to explain everything right yeah yeah, yeah. so i feel like oh all right then that kind of gives us uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> all right right uh yeah so uh, as we see here in the chat uh Mulder has a photographic memory i had for uh, i admit mm-hmm. has a detail that i had forgotten about but uh yeah, it comes in quite handy and scully has a google memory yes. <laughs> a, yeah. who needs google <laughs> that was awesome uh, so of course they uh, they they do make their way. Uh, Skinner uh, they get out of the woods. They get out. Uh, they get out of the house. They throw, run through the woods. Skinner comes up to them, and I do like that. There is some definite tension between them right now, given ramifications and of last week. And there was the talk that we had last week too about like, is there going to be some kind of thread running throughout the course of these episodes? And we're seeing little bits of it from this. I love I love that after how many how many decades? Two what, like, decades, um, almost thirty. Really, like since the show originally premiered. Now we're closing in on three decades. We're still figuring out ways for them to not trust Skinner. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get this. I like they've been through so much together. Why are they so? Yeah, he might piss them off every once in a while. But why is why are they against Skinner right now? Why are they distrustful? What is what happened last week that really threw them off? Right. Well. Well. Okay. So I do. They get... were part of the discussion in the truck with. But there was that moment where it's like where in the hospital when yes, when Mulder okay. like attacks him and he's like you smell like smoke. So oh okay. That I get it, and I also get like they got that or they talked to Skinner on the phone, and Skinner was like you have to surrender. So maybe it made it seem like Skinner might be working with this these week, people. Yeah. yeah. So I get it, and I'm, it's not even a complaint because I love the way those <laughs> characters interact in those scenarios. So I'm not mad about it. It's just very funny to me that we're still finding new ways to do this to reset the dynamic back. Have they ever trusted Skinner in 30 years? And has I don't he think so. not proven himself <laughs> at least twice? <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least twice. <laughs> Do you remember when like Krychek gave him the dis- remote-controlled disease, oh. and he was in the bed, and he was g- he gave that monologue about, like, I, I, made, I made such a mistake, like, Mulder's crusade should have been my crusade, too. Like, he pours his heart out to them, and they're still like, we don't trust you, yeah. bro. Man, you've been working with people we don't like, man. What's going on with Just you? Just the fact that he <laughs> shot Krychek in the head. That's enough. Right, That's right. That's enough. Uh, Not enough, though. Uh, so they uh, they do go off on a little uh, uh, chase. They go through Arlington Cemetery, look, locate the graves, leads them to the uh, deep throat. But we also get a run with our assassin uh, yet yes. again. Mm-hmm. Nice little takedown for the two of them inside there as well. I was like, all right, I'm digging this episode mm-hmm. at that point. Yes. Uh, but again, uh, long-haired guy, very difficult to kill. Yes, like that should have killed him. That that blow directly, like the head plant into the headstone. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Should would you think it would kill a regular person? But he certainly we see he's not a regular person. A super soldier. Like if he pulls out one of those like stiletto weapons. <laughs> Ro- but we do. Roger see- Patrick's going to show up with a long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dog it. I, thought, I, I, kept on, I kept on scouring for uh, any articles, and the last one I found was from 
uh, mid last year saying they would love to try to get him as we talked about last week but the Scorpion schedule was prohibiting mm-hmm. it even though Jay, uh, Chris Carter said like we're doing what we can to try to maybe get him in a later episode but I saw no other mention of him no uh, more after that so yeah. <laughs> um, that, would, that would be amazing if for whatever reason they decide to continue X-Files beyond this year without Gillian Anderson uh. just bring in Doggett just to, just to see how people react like that would be amazing wouldn't it not the show necessarily but the conversation from the fan community online would be wonderful to sit back and watch unfold. <laughs> well, we never really saw the Mulder Doggett years, so this could be our opportunity to see those two of them together. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. How many scenes did they have together at any point? Very few. They must have, especially like in the series finale, they definitely yeah. Yeah. spent a couple minutes together. But like beginning of season eight, it was like a Mulder uh, doppelganger. Yep, it was running all around. And that was like as close as the two of them came to interacting for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'd be cool to see what the, the two of them would be like. I'd mean, just be curious to see what Doc gets up to these days. Just a lot of, hmm, hmm. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, that, an entire episode of that. <laughs> Did you guys think, though, because I was trying to follow follow along, the way they figured out this, the tombstone to go to, like, so-and-so is this many years, and that means this, and it may, might mean this, and then you go, the, did that seem a little, eh, of a reach? I, I would not have piece that together. I mean, it's like, sure. yeah, so we're missing 33, so three, yeah, 30, 3 and 3? The thing is, once you got to that part, I could see them piecing that together. Yeah. It's the figuring out the way to there in the right. first place. I was like, wow, that's... But, like, Scully's got the intuition or so Yeah, some, there was something. Was, yeah, but also interesting, too, like, so who did they know to be able to put the wrong date on, uh, on Langley's tombstone? Right. That's one of those things that I don't necessarily know makes sense wait wait so so who put the so the wrong date is on langley's tombstone i was under the assumption that they were thinking that langley himself was somehow communicating with them from this this uh matrix like world right Not just like that but i guess before he died he set things in motion with monday right to say like hey if something happens to me oh that's what it was right yeah kind of so she's the one that put the memory medallion there in the tombstone but from that many years ago you never know. Did you see what they had? They had the little scanner, which yeah. is like a very like something that's come out in the past ten with the, years, like the Q code looking yeah, thing like, on it. That like was, the, that's not seventeen years yeah, old. Those were not, to my knowledge. No. And if you're in the chat uh, and you know, know differently, yeah, yeah uh, to my knowledge, we weren't really using Q codes widely in 2002. Was no. it? Yeah. So I don't think so. Again, this is there are certain elements that don't make a ton, a ton, a ton of sense. It would, uh, yeah, it would be interesting. To, I wish we did get a chance to talk to Glenn Morgan last season. He came in and chatted with us. It would have been cool to be able, if we would have known, to uh, reach out and see if he'd be interested in coming in and talking about this episode. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If, if a couple of y'all weren't super nice to his boss last week. Oh, so <laughs> you Frank, your face. Yeah, that's, I mean, I wasn't. I, I would have to be honest about that. I, if he were to come here, I would actually say. I apologized and kissed butt profusely. I, I can't. And <laughs> I'd be like, don't look at me, Glenn. I was, I was the one. I, I am was, not. I'm not the hater like everybody else was last week. I, I love the mythology episodes. I loved this episode, but I I loved the 90s mythology episodes. I'm not Yes. S- this one wasn't quite that, but I mean last week, but just getting there. This, today, right. this one we just saw yesterday, I, I consider almost, it's a near mythology episode. It, it's kind of standalone, but it's kind of really attached to everything. And it was a, a better mythology episode, I thought. Yeah, for sure. All right, quick sidebar, uh, talking about mythology and stuff. Of course, okay. we've got uh, Monster of the Week mythology. Mm-hmm. 
what do you think? I mean, if X Files or Chris Carter were to say, like, all right, I'm just going to wrap up this mythology mm-hmm. for for whatever, I'm going to write a definitive ending, and we can let the X Files continue past that. Maybe some other new mythology we could start to develop. We could do that, or we just focus more on the Monster of the Week stuff. Would that satisfy you too? I don't know. Do you need a definitive ending for this mythology, or you're fine? Like this can just get as open ended and as bizarre no, and as I, weird. No, no, no. As I, I, I think they do need to wrap up whatever the the nine, the thirty year long weird tendrils mythology that needs to come to some kind of end. We need, like has Scully still ever seen an alien in real life? Has she? I I mean, w- yeah. when is the episode she saw it? Well, when she I, when she saw that big saucer I, last season, was that was a dream. Finale, but that it was, was a probably dream. right. It was probably a fantasy, and well, I don't know. Like, there's ways to wrap it up, and I, you'd think they would have done it with one of their films that they did because they didn't think they would ever do another one. But like you, the second film, which I kind of like, but the monster of the week episodes are what's carrying it right now. I wish they would kind of put some kind of end on the mythology, but there's got to be a way to extend a different kind of mythology, something different, something that doesn't have to be. They're not searching for alien life. And not this, well, and I still don't understand what the mythology is. We're going to wipe out life. Cigarette Man wants to extinguish life. And, and then I think it, these other guys want to colonize space, space maybe. But, but he wants to wipe out life but still live here. But also, but also, so they want to colonize space, but, but Erica Price mm-hmm. is also helping run this project to back up everybody's brain to a, a server, like mm-hmm. a, a second life or a matrix that you can True. live in. Well, but it's, it's also being used to... Pursue space, like a space. You can keep uh, yeah. all of the greatest, like Langley talks right. about. You keep all of the greatest thinkers' co- uh, version of their consciousness in there. Then, yeah, you could pull from. Oh, that's fu- it's and a you little just bit make like, him do your work for you, as you said. Like, there's no Steve Jobs is in there. Let's ask him about iPhone 10. That thing sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're just basically. We do find out like all these people that have kind of had their brains mapped are mm-hmm. just basically at the disposal of this uh, this government think tank where they're just being used to uh, create new ideas for space exploration or space uh, colonization. But they don't get anything for themselves in this kind of second life. It's kind of like almost like a purgatory, or almost like he described it as heaven for a while. There's no cancer, no cancer man. There's no. Um, the Ramones play all day. Every, the the New England Patriots are there, and they never the, ever win. Yep, yep. Which is a reference to remember cigarette smoking man in season way back. He gave the directive that um, they would never ever lose. No, no, the something like that. There was something that it was a reference to him directly. I love the way they're throwing back these references back. Yeah, because they actually had an episode where people uploaded their. What? I don't there remember. Was, there was one Something. where like it has a slightly happier ending, I remember. From, it was a much happier ending. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not that we will live in perpetuity being tortured. Like, the end of the episode, they didn't get rid of it. They didn't solve it, solve the problem and get rid of this after this electronic afterlife. It's, they're still in there. In perpetuity. Well, something's in there. I don't know if they're in there or is it like all the attributes of them are in there? Is it actually the the electronic impulses of their minds have been... What is inside this mainframe? What is right. it that we're watching? Yeah, it's true because when they are the process is described, it was like the salient points of their brain, but it's so, not their consciousness. Not necessarily, but I, I, I mean, I guess if you map enough of somebody's brain, you can develop at least algorithms that can kind of simulate how that person would think. Mm-hmm. This is this is essentially science that I don't know that we're supposed to think too much about because it's this is magic science. True, yeah. but the idea is that, that they, these people don't realize they're within a simulation, right? Uh, so they can live this kind of best life and never realize that uh, it is just uh, fake, unless you're like rare individual like Langley who can realize like, oh wait a minute, I don't trust these guys. 
I'm already uh, a conspiracy theorist at, at heart anyway. So well, it's I'm like he's it the guy who, well. Yeah. Yeah, and he's the guy who like the, you guys are familiar with simulation theory, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's the idea like simulation theory is essentially the idea that if there is a possibility, which it's argued that there is, that we could one day create a version like a, a computer simulation that we could put ourselves into that would be so detailed and so uh so profoundly like so deep and rich that it would be indistinguishable from our reality and this theory posits that if there's a chance we can do that then not that it's already happened that it absolutely must have already happened and we are currently living in a simulation everything's real however (laughs) that would be super disappointing because this simulation is garbage that's true that's (laughs) this doesn't sound anywhere near as nice as the simulation langley is in but uh, this This sounds terrible (laughs) it sounds no it sounds at least at least he gets to go to a ramon show every single day he gets like it's only it's i don't know what you live in i like my simulation i'm just telling this simulation is terrifying i'm sorry jim i gotta stop with likes on this i'm very disappointed in this simulation run i'm looking for a restart on this i think it's got a a glitch in it i think for sure like the profound system error like fatal like we're blue screening right now yeah i'm just waiting for them it's like hey i played this version of the game as far as i can it gets really depressing i'm gonna just stop wait are you talking about the x-file simulation or us us oh (laughs) this simulation yeah okay i jim's Jim's in a good version (laughs) this simulation's running sweet you guys must have had a bad week (laughs) (laughs) i had a bad week but anyways no no um the thing was, but he described his simulation at towards the end as we can sort, we can have dreams, but we're not allowed to dream them. Mm-hmm. Like it's a hell. It's like they are just completely, they're slaves to, to. They're just basically they're mining their their intelligence to try to colonize space. Is what it is, right? Is that what yeah, it is? It is space colonization because we do uh, play into that fact because we see Erica Price, Barbara Hershey's back, mm-hmm. and another nod to kind of continuing some of the threads of mythology. And we reference uh, Mr. Y by name. Great Jowly. Fantastic Jowly. (laughs) Or like uh, Tan Bannon. Yes, that's right. I think uh, was the the comparison Lucretia drew last week. He was also in Molly's game, and I uh, and I was like, he? I playing a big thug, and all I could imagine was just like, oh, that guy's. How was Molly's game? Yeah, side side, side a, little, oh, a little sidebar. I want to see yeah. it. it. Wasn't bad. I, I, I had heard some people. That I want to see it this weekend. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, it. I'm, I'm a sucker for Aaron Sorkin. I'm, yeah, I'm in the bag for whatever. I'm like slowly working my way through the West Wing again. Oh man! Oh man! I'm like in season four. I still think Sports Night is a better series. Did you guys? I I have actually not seen Sports Night. I got to get on that. Two seasons. Aaron Sorkin does his. He had to compress everything down into a 20 minute episode, but he still told a great story every episode. I I really enjoyed it, but I got frustrated by the Peter Carrazza, Felicity Huffman kind of starts and stop romance in the second season. It got frustrating to me. I'm just like, oh, why? Why are we putting so many unnecessary obstacles in that relationship when all the other stuff was really compelling? It ended well, though. I'll I'll look for that when I get to it in like seven years. (laughs) (laughs) My list of stuff, man, is so long. Is so so distressingly long. Virg- I you have to essentially you have to be like an X Files right now to jump up to the top of my queue. Do you think um, somebody could, if someone had never seen the original series, could they be watching this series and enjoying it? Ah, uh, possibly. I think they would probably get a good deal less out of it. I don't I, think they could. I think I think the mythology stuff would be completely impenetrable. I would have to mention if you, but I also think if you watch mythology episode, I don't know if that would that would suck me in enough to want mm-hmm. to go back and rewatch or watch those earlier seasons to 
find out what I'm missing. But if I was to watch a standalone episode, for sure, yeah, I would be intrigued enough to want to go back and revisit. I think so. like in the coming weeks we're going to see something. You know, those funny monster of the week episodes that I'm so looking forward to. I well, think Red Darren Morgan's got yep. one like coming yep. up. I think before the halfway point of the season, maybe it's number four. It's called The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. I can't can't wait for eagerly, that eagerly anticipating this. Oh, that's going to be a good one. I, we could get Darren Morgan in here. That would be fantastic. I just I would just ask him questions about wearing the fluke suit. It would just I would just monopolize the hour being like, What was it like? And he'd be like, Well, he'd tell me and I'd be like, All right, cool. But really? but but what was it really like? And then and then he would be like, Well, uh, blah 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 he'd give me an answer and I'd be like, Okay, cool, thank you, thank you. But seriously, yeah. what was it like in there? <laughs> Don't give me the canned answer you've given so many times as I'd be like, I want let's die. Was it all prosthetics or did they really do that to your mouth? No, they they really did that to his mouth. <laughs> like it took you a full second to process <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> uh, that was great. Uh, thanks for that, Frank. That's right. <laughs> what I uh, liked in this episode too is that usually, uh, more often than not, it seems to like be in the X Files. Like when somebody's going to get in trouble or kind of held captive, at least for whatever period of time, it more often than not ends up being Scully. Yep. So I really like that it was Mulder this time, and Scully was out there, the one that was kind of making things happen towards the tail end of this episode. Yes. It's very nice to see that, and, and I just like Siri kicking some butt as the door closes. That that num- uh, nameless thug, just like from right on the other side of the door frame, just taking him out. Yep, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, way to go, Scully. I really enjoyed this. And she and she took out the uh, the simulation. Yes, it was, but it was interesting because so we see Mulder gets held captive. They make their way in uh, through like a really lame uh, kind of cover story. Like, oh yeah, hey, I I can't. This is a dangerous Hannibal Lecter type prisoner. I did. I really like the Hannibal Lecter reference. I don't know if you guys that have was watched great. Yeah, that so was you've great. watched Hannibal. Yeah, she okay, explain it for people who may not know. So yeah. Hannibal is one of my favorite shows that there's ever been. Uh, ran on NBC for three years. Brian and Fuller. Brian Fuller, and they allowed them to get away with a staggering amount yeah. as far as gore for a major yep. network. Incredible series stars Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal Lecter. Um, it's a mostly prequel to Red Dragon, and mm-hmm. then the last half of the final uh, third season is essentially a retelling of Red Dragon. Uh, Gillian Anderson is on Hannibal as a character they created specifically for the series called Bedelia du Maurier, who is, uh, at the beginning of the show, she is Hannibal's psychiatrist, and then later on becomes uh, more fully involved in his misadventures than maybe she anticipated. Uh, Phenomenal show, and she's phenomenal on it, but that was a very fun reference for that So the reference of her dragging him in and calling him Hannibal Lecter was great. And I love Mulder doing the... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she's married to the job. And that that super creepy dude who lets them in who tries to hit on her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yikes. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. I love that moment that aside when he turns his back and they both do the vomit face. I know. Yes. <laughs> it was really great. They're, you know, if, if nothing else, they're having a lot of fun. They yes. are they are definitely having a lot of fun with this. Like it's being, like jumping back when they're doing their research on the uh on the building and the project. I loved the with the muffins. I love the moment where Mulder is like, yes. I want to open an X file on this muffin and figure out why it's so good. Yes. And Scully's like, it's so good. I don't care if it came out of an alien's butt. <laughs> oh, also, speaking of that scene. I really like that the X Files are now accessible online. Digital. Yes. And I like. I like that somebody at the FBI had the wherewithal to have all of the X Files uploaded. Oh, wait, wasn't it Mueller? They yeah, referenced they, Mueller they, specifically. Yep. Like it was, I guess, his order at the time. Um, and I, yeah, I love that. And it made it's so odd to me that this didn't happen sooner. 
Well, given like when you hear about some of the stuff that they've been up to, like in the fifties and sixties, with mm-hmm. uh, that, it kind of makes sense that if you know, getting here in the late nineties, early two thousands, like, all right, why don't we see where some of these things kind of like uh, connect and uh, have uh, similar touchstones? If we're going to open up some Maxwell cases, why don't we look to our past as well? So it makes sense why they would want to do something. But it's, like it's that. The, in, in apparently now the X Files. They belong to everybody. They don't belong to Fox Mulder anymore. It, they're not just his. They are for everybody. And I and I wonder if maybe that's exactly why this hasn't happened before. Because mm-hmm. when he and Scully were essentially the entirety of the X Files unit, he I don't think he would have allowed right. that to happen. Yes. But what does that exactly mean? Is for everybody? I, I'm not. Is it out on the World Wide Web? But it's. Or it's has Snowden hacked it yet? Well, no, right. I feel like it's for if it's for everybody. If you have cla- it's in clearance, yeah, yes. it's in the Trump it, dossier. Hey, yeah, is that yeah, where it's at? Right. <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh, we're going to tie it into that. Then. Yeah, if you don't have the clearance, then it's not necessarily for you, which yeah. is a shame. But I think like I can understand like Skinner saying that it is supposed to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. Although I don't feel like the government sees it that way quite yet. I also there was that moment where I wonder if if you're Mulder, are you going? Oh, you're you're telling me what the X Files are for? Yeah. You're telling me? You're telling me, Walter, what the point of the X Files is? Mm. And I even like at the end of the episode when they get back to the, the house, uh, they pick up some of the old X File folders and then just like, ah, what do we? Yeah. Who cares? They just They're, toss them. Yeah. They go back to the couch. What's the what's the point of cleaning and this stuff? Whose up? house? Foxes. Is it? She she said our house. Well, that's true. She said it once. She's called it Fox's house at the beginning. But when she calls it in, she, she had says, to call it in. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. at I'm at Fox Mulder's residence. Uh, but they behave very like very much like two people who cohabitate. Are are, are they in love? Are, I mean, are they are they back together? They never really. It you know whether that is the intent or not of the of Chris Carter. I, I feel like certainly the two of them are portraying that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know this. It feels like they're trying. They're they're hewing back to back to the '90s again. When people, I, I remember TV Guide called them before they ever got together, the most romantic couple on TV, and it was before they ever made any romantic overtures to each other. They were called the most romantic couple on TV, and it's maybe he. There's something about that we don't need to show this, but everybody still loves the fact that they are still the ro- most romantic couple on TV. Well, isn't the X Files the show that essentially created Shippers? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. As a as a concept within fandoms, especially within like nerdy fandoms, as if I'm if I'm mistaken about this, if there was one sooner than that that really where where shipping was a concept was a big element of uh, uh, yeah that's within true. within a genre piece because obviously you've had comedies based moonlighting on before exactly yes. remember moon- <laughs> exactly but I mean within a genre piece that has a, a built in nerdy fandom you say there was something before that. Well, I mean, there might have been, but I I feel like X Files might have been the first where it was so pronounced, and it might be. I want to now specifically lock down where the term shipping originated. Uh, oh, I think I, it's a it's I I had never heard of it until like like what the past couple of years though. Really? Oh man, I've been hearing about that for a long because everybody wants to ship somebody. Oh uh, yeah. Let's let's. Uh... So real quick, uh, all right, we got a vamp because yeah. Frank is Frank is there googling go. because he does not <laughs> have Scully's brain. That's right. Uh, all right, vamp. Uh, oh man, um, that I like that Mulder gets his phone back. I like how he doesn't want to give his phone over as evidence because it will sit in a locker for for months, and he wants his phone. I also like that he throws it in the oven for a minute. <laughs> yes. I, that was bizarre. But you know what's cool about this? Back in the day, X Files were known for it was one of the series that first used cell phones. Yes, as as, as central part of the series, and their phone started off big at the beginning of the X Files. Yes, they, they had the larger phones. They gradually got smaller, and they moved on to the flip phones. And now. 
His phone this week was the central part of the episode. Langley contacting him, Facebook timing him on his phone, which is kind of cool. They use the central piece of technology to kind of tell the episode. Um, it, it was kind of interesting. They they thought they destroyed the Matrix, but they did not. They didn't. And like, do we think this is something that they're ever going to touch on again? Yeah. Because no. this there is supposed go. to be. A, a you are correct, Lex Michael. Yes, it was. It was the what? actual term shipping was originated in the mid '90s by internet fans of the TV show The X Files. Boom. Are you serious? Yes. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, they, Who else did they ship? They call themselves relationshippers at first. That's a terrible. Uh, then our shipper, shipper, and finally just shipper. Our shipper. But I feel like shipper had the, uh, the, 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 the comma right there at the top of shipper. And they finally just dropped that. And just said like that. No, we we're go. just uh, we're just shipper. Where did I hear the that? The X Files was at the forefront of everything. I love it. Look at that. Yes, uh, but you know. But I feel like at this point they're uh, like whether it's like the will they or won't they. I just I don't need to focus on their romantic no. status. Just them together. Yeah. Just I agree. you know, I, I'm that is fine. That We've is only got eight more me. episodes. You know, I, I, we, we got a lot of stuff to get to. And what will most likely be the last yeah. iteration of X Files, especially if Gillian Anderson holds to not coming back. I think Chris Carter has pretty recently uh, made comments in the direction of, well, I don't. I, I wouldn't do want to do her. it. Right. Which I do think is for the best. I joke about replacing her with Doggett. But honestly, yes, I think it is probably for the best that maybe this is the end if we're not going to get the two of them back together. Who, but owns, how- who owns the franchise of the X-Files? Is it Chris Carter or is it Fox? It, it was Fox. Now, because it's Fox, technically, the Walt Disney Corporation is, about to, take yeah. full, we have, is about to take full eight, ownership. That uh, makes me so sad. <laughs> there's 18 months of that. But no, here's the thing. They could reboot as something else. I mean, like you, you talked about, would you watch it if it were not like this deep mythology? Maybe this is the end of this run of the X-Files. Well, wasn't that, uh, or there was certainly a lot of speculation, but wasn't that the purpose behind introducing Miller and Einstein? Yeah. Like yeah. they'd essentially be like the next generation but of then, X-Filesers. Yeah, but they never really kind of went their own direction. It was the exact same story. Right. And like they're so they're still so uh, broadly defined. And I feel like I don't really know either one we of them. We didn't see him this episode at all. No. Now, Chris Chris Carter is writing one of the, or did write, it's not, he's not writing it now. They're probably done. Uh, but it, one of the episodes that's airing within the next couple of weeks I believe he wrote but it's ostensibly a standalone I would not be surprised if we see the two of them pop up again in that Good. because it's one of his I it, I mean it's fine but I guess if we were only getting a limited amount of X-Files like I'd ra- Fox I, I want yes Fox and Scully or Mulder and Scully uh, you Mul- know yeah. Einstein, Einstein and Miller oh, what you've done to me uh, really Fox quickly, and Scully uh, J underscore 473 in the chat uh, yes uh, Scully saw a shapeshifter Hmm. When where was this? I <clears throat> think there's a point like the, maybe the alien bounty hunter at a certain. Oh, point in the is, in the previous. Yeah, not okay. yeah in the in the previous iteration of the show. Yeah. I think yeah, some one or more of the alien bounty hunters. I think at some point because, she came into because my question with. like what I was thinking on the way over here today is is she is she a believer? I mean, how much she she had this whole long trans, transformation of her how she believed and then she, at the towards the end when Doggett and Reyes came up, she was the one kind of helping to drive it. Yeah, but like where is she right now? Because is she still the the skeptic? I, I just don't know where she's at. I feel like she will. She she can be skeptical in the sense. I don't think she's not as hardcore as she right. was before. I mean, certainly, even though she may not have, you know, visually seen things, she is certainly given this body of evidence or experiences that she's had. She's certainly shifted more over towards Mulder's worldview, but not so much that she can't mm-hmm. say, "Hold, oh, hold on!" Before we go fully 
down the rabbit hole. Right, Let's but she's just... also demonstrated uh, an openness. If if a uh, an absence of scientific explanations are present, absence are present. That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Uh, if there's an absence of scientific mm-hmm. evidence to explain a phenomenon, she has demonstrated openness. Even going all the way back to season one. So I watched for the first time in a while. I threw on Beyond the Sea from season one pretty Love recently. It. Love one it. One of the it's an all timer uh, yes. uh, for X Files, which for my money places it high in the running for all time TV episodes. Yep, that there are. But we even saw. Now, granted, she was in a highly emotional state. Following the death of her father, but we even saw Scully as early as that being uh, potentially open to the idea of psychic phenomena. Psychic, well, uh, but remember, she's a very committed woman of faith, her Catholic faith, and so she is open to a little bit of mysticism in her life. Very true. In, in a different direction, and probably not so much alien life, but things that. Uh, you know, religion is a way to explain things that we don't understand. Right. And so she, that's something very close to her. True. Uh, one last thing as we wrap up, and the one thing before we got on our shipping thing that I want to mention, the only thing that was kind of a little hinky with me is that we see uh, Mulder with Erica Price. Mm-hmm. And the way that they, Mulder, it seems so easy. Like, why do you want to go see this computer data core that we have here? Oh, I just want to see, you know, my chance to get as close to God as I could maybe in this life or the next. But it was like a really like lame reason that she would let Mulder be led right down to that computer and data it, core. It also seemed a little bit difficult to track what her intention was in that scene because immediately after she says that, then she's got that line about how like well every time you use your phone we can take a little bit of view that way and we don't even need to tell you that it's happening it's totally painless <laughs> well, I, I didn't and plus her line about like and i was trying to kill you but since langley likes you i'm not going to kill you now like, ah, what remember yeah. that yeah, yeah, it's, right, yeah. it's like wh- mm-hmm. why why not? That's that convoluted mythology they're trying to work out, and it's Although not she, working so well. She references at the beginning of their conversation, whoever this Mr. Y is, he has explained to her that Fox Mulder is somehow significant, yeah, like yeah. like we know he always is, yes. and that the two of them were going to keep uh, interacting at various points. And so she has that line about like alluding to, well, I didn't know what he was talking about, but now I'm starting to see... And it's going to take a few of those runnings before she like fully gets on board like... Yeah, man, Mulder's where it's at. <laughs> and I like to think, I mean, presumably Mr. Y is not is not psychic. I feel like most of these syndicate members are tending to chase the supernatural uh, w- instead of being the supernatural. I, I also like the idea that perhaps he just, he watched the X-Files in its entirety, and he knows uh, that Fox Mulder is important because David Duchovny is number one on the call sheet. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, <laughs> as much as I don't want the, the mythology to kind of infiltrate the Monster of the Week, too, I... Right. I I feel like like this one kind of made sense in terms of uh, using this uh, this brain think tank for like uh, theorizing space colonization. Kind of made sense to tie it into that that cons- kind of conspiracy. But I don't know if I want every single episode like being like they're somehow behind or at least have some kind of interest in that particular phenomenon they're investigating every single yeah. week. I would love to see a, maybe a more satisfying resolution to the syndicate storyline, but we do only have eight episodes left, and the mythology that we've built for this run is so convoluted already that yeah. I have no clue how we could possibly resolve I just all of it. I wish they would have just had one goal that the syndicate, a.k.a. Cigarette Smoker Man, a.k.a. what's her name? Uh, Eric Price. Yeah, they Mr. were all y. pursuing. Instead of, we have... 
these two things that we're pursuing. But let's do a Monster of the Week episode and just ignore both of those. The world's about to end. But let's go chase our next whatever. It would have definitely yeah. simplified it if Because maybe... that's where we'll find William. Oh, and then William. Right, oh, and then William, gosh. right. And, and maybe it would have been a lot... It would have been easier if Smoking Man, Erica Price, and Mr. Y were all on the same team. Like, after laying low for decades, Smoking Man is not only somehow not dead, but ha- the syndicate is now ascendant once again under his control, perhaps. Because before, we got the sense that he was just one of many people, like, on a board of directors for the syndicate. He right. maybe didn't even have that much specific specific authority but now he's the do- he's like he's like the Kylo Ren of this business oh he like late he laid ways to the entire thing and now he's like it's mine I'm in charge but he, he smokes more I, all I know is that we talked about this last week too is that, that was awesome. of course Jillian Anderson not coming back this is her last run and Chris Carter said that he did not write a definitive ending for I, all yeah, the mythology did. stuff so I, I, I wonder though as he gets the reaction to that I wonder if he'll change his ending I wonder. I would love for him just to give a definitive ending. That, unless he's thinking like, well, maybe we'll get another movie someday. So well, I don't know, want to end it. Just you don't just don't end it on a, a cliffhanger, right? I, I mean, you can have it open, but finish a story. Yeah. Finish the story. Last season, don't have another dream for crying right. out loud. And like, I definitely, I don't feel like I need plot closure. It would be nice if we're if we're not going to get any more. If we're even just unlikely to get any more, I'd like to see some semblance of character closure for the two of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because we keep we keep quote unquote ending the X Files without really doing that. We actually we actually, although I guess there were very very mixed feelings about the original series finale, I feel like to an extent we actually get that, or at least we get as close as we've come with this show so far to providing character closure for the two of them. I hope that we're able to get something resembling. I thought that. the best way, the best character closure for them was the second movie when you see him rowing in the boats out to the island. That was fantastic. They're they're taking off. X Files was behind them. We're gonna go live our happy life now. I thought that was great. That actually, I think, would have been would have. Been, but then they kept going. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe they'll go back to those boats at the end of the season. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hopping in the chat. Uh, oh, here we go. We got. Uh, I would Jay like to see. Oh yeah. So Jay, yeah, Jason four seven three pointing out. She also saw the UFO that took Mulder, and then uh, that he would like to see Marita Covarrubias again. Who wouldn't? One of the greatest names in the history <laughs> of fiction, Marita Covarrubias. Oh, Wait, who man. is that? That, I, That's that was like, the, yeah, from the UN, a, the one who, yeah, the one who was uh, Andrea on Walking Dead. Yes, yeah, hanging yeah, out that, with that Craig. That was Andrea. Yeah, I yeah, knew yeah. why you knew her from somewhere. And uh, she's the one <laughs> who, for a it. second, was Mulder's pseudo informant after yep. the death of Mister X. Yep. But oh. didn't, didn't she get the black stuff in her eyes? And yes, yeah. That's right. Yes. I oh. mostly, for, but I know she's in the series finale. I was like, I mostly she forget was. what happened to her. They but drug her in as a, a witness. A, yeah. Oh, look at that. Who wouldn't see. like to see more Marita Covarrubias? <laughs> Bring her back. She's not, she, what's she doing? Nothing. Yeah, what, no, I, I mean, know. she's not in The Walking Dead anymore. So. No, not for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, five-year-old so. spoilers, guys. Uh, <laughs> and, Andrea's not on that show anymore. Boy, let's just confuse this completely right now. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, that, we, we could talk X-Files all night. Sadly, yeah. we can't. We've run out of time. Uh, the simulation is reaching its end point, so we need to uh, we, we need to be uh, rebooted. It will live start forever. This all over again next week. Although once the feed ends, that long-haired assassin is going to pop up and and glare at you. <laughs> oh, 
great. And do the little, like... <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for the X-Files After Show. Of course, you can always like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, of course, everybody, thanks for hopping in the chat. And if you're watching the show after we've streamed live, feel free to comment down below. Lex, do you have a question you'd love for them to answer down in the comments if they're watching this after the fact? Yes. What do you think of Frank's T-shirt? Oh, my gosh. What a great... Uh, wow. <laughs> Let's see it. Let's see it. Oh, here we go. A little Funko Pop Batman and Robin, everybody. Yeah. All right. Frank, his t-shirt game is always on point. Oh, that's <laughs> so kind of you, Lex. But if you want to continue the conversation with us even after the show's over, Jim, where can they find you, sir? You can find me at Con Guy Jim. And also, this coming Monday night, if you guys want to check us out, we have the Con Guy Comic-Con Prep Show. Where we'll, we will be talking about this year's Comic-Cons coming up, plus all the fandoms you need to be jumping into this year, including X-Files. Mm. Uh, I am Lex Michael. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. I also do a podcast with Tari J. Miller called Missing Out. He and I have different cultural backgrounds. We grew up differently. We found different pieces of media at different times. It's a show where we share those pieces of media with each other, what they mean to us, how they've helped inform our experience, etc., etc., etc. We're very proud of it. The episode we dropped this week, we're talking about the 1995 magnum opus Virtuosity starring Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. The episode we're recording this weekend to drop next Tuesday is going to be a 2017 retrospective where we each talk about a few of our favorite things from this past year. It's at Missing Outcast on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, anywhere. Uh, please come check it out. We love it. Uh, we hope you love it, too. We have a lot of fun with it. Uh, yeah, check us out. I have nearly nothing as much as fun <laughs> happening as Jim or Lex do. Uh, it's just me, guys. But you got the best shirts. Oh, that. thank you, Jim, so much. Bye, uh, you mile. can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you know, to see all my, you know, the ridiculous uh, exploits I get to that are nowhere near as cool with these two gentlemen, <laughs> at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the X-Files After Show. We'll be back here next Thursday night to break down another exciting episode of the X-Files. Hope to see you there. LaCretia, we missed you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. You, you said, said taint. taint. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.